I was in college and um, one of my graduate assistants was going around the room and asking everyone what they wanted to do when they graduated college. And my answer was, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And she looked at me and she laughed. (laughs) And it was one of those moments that it'll stick with me forever. But it was at that moment that I was like, you know what? I'm going to show her. I'm going to prove her wrong. That's right. And I think that that's part of being an entrepreneur. You have to, it, it does take a special type of person to have the courage and whatever to go out and do it. But you have to believe in yourself. Welcome to USA Booming, where business gets personal as we tell the unique stories of the successful American entrepreneur. Here's your host. Ryan Culpepper and Sam Pennell. Well, welcome, 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 everybody out there, really globally. It's pretty amazing. So, this is Ryan Culpepper coming at you from USA Booming. I I feel a little lost here, ladies and gentlemen. I don't have my sidekick, Sam Pennell, Um, but. He is here with us in spirit. So with that, I think you guys are in trouble because now I'm running the show and we've got some really exciting guests. I'm super pumped to have them come out to us. But real quick, just I'm going to give you the quick rundown of what we do here. Okay, so what we're trying to do is find great people like you guys that are doing some phenomenal things. We like to find innovators thought provokers, change makers is what we like to call them. And I, I and believe it or not, you guys fall in that category. So now you're stuck. You have to talk to me and uh, let the rest of the world hear your story well, a little stuff. bit. Yeah. Good yeah. Stuff. So, so real quick, I'm just going to kick it off real quick. If you guys want, just go ahead and introduce yourselves. I mean, we've got some very talented people here. So uh, go ahead, Graham Ross. Uh, Ross, you're up. Uh, I'm Ross Treacle and I am the CEO of One Donation and also a, a co-founder um, and then my brother Graham is with us today. And I'm uh, Graham, Ross's uh, older brother, and uh, I'm the operations guy, and uh, he's CEO. So we make a lot of joint decisions. Okay. There we okay. Go. So this is a family run business a little bit. As if we get into it, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to see there's layers of family here within this operation. This is a very early company, uh, from what I understand. Uh, and I'm going to tell you how I found these people. Quite frankly, we were at a venture capital conference called Venture 135. Big shout out to Dan Roselli and his crew over there at RevTech. And really, I've got to say, really, Graham, you put on the presentation. You got up there. It was one of the most professional, well done presentations that Thank was you. that was in the book. Awesome. And actually, you got off the stage, and I said to my partner Sam, I said, "I'm getting him on the show." Awesome. Like, and I kind of tracked you down. You were walking down the hallway. I was like, "Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa!" Yeah. So. So real quick, I mean, one donation is a beautiful story. Sometimes we do like to highlight nonprofits or organizations that are doing some cool things in Charlotte or, you know, other cities. Um, You guys kind of have a neat little twist where it's, it's um, you're helping out nonprofits, but it's a for-profit company from what I understand. Absolutely. um, So I don't know which one of you guys want to field this question first, but what is one donation? One donation is really all about connecting uh, nonprofits with companies and, and payroll. Um, we do that uh, through payroll deduction donations to the nonprofit. So it's really, it's supporting the nonprofit. It's helping the business out from a corporate, corporate social responsibility standpoint, and it's also engaging the employee. So there's really three prongs that we try to uh, approach and, and do. But I'd say at the very end of the day, our goal and our mission is really to help nonprofits awesome. raise money. And uh, we were 
going through with, you know, fundraising and doing things like that as a company. And one insight that I thought about the other day is we always talk about supporting the nonprofit. Like we want to help them focus on their mission and not having to raise focus on raising funds. Cause that's where a lot of their energy goes, right? Unfortunately, I mean, that's what, that's correct. It, it's, it's what every board meeting is on. I don't know if anybody has sat on a, on a nonprofit board, but at the end of the day, it's always kind of comes down to here's the budget. What do we have room for? Right. If we don't get X, Y, Z on this next fundraiser, you know, something doesn't happen. Right. And that's, and, what's beautiful about payroll. It's a, you know, every two weeks, every other week, in some instances, you know, instant. And so payroll becomes a, a vehicle that the nonprofit can rely on over time. Right. And they don't have to worry about, oh, wait, where's that next round of funding going to come so we can do our mission. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's important, I, I believe, to take a, a real quick step back uh, because this all really, you know, what we do is it, it, we solve a problem, right? We, you know, I've listened to quite a few of your podcasts now and you think about entrepreneurs and just solving problems. And so my brother kind of being, being humble, but you know, he was at a charity event and the plate passed him by and he didn't know what to do. He didn't carry cash, didn't write checks. He's a millennial. Look at him. Right. He's a younger dude. <laughs> and um, so it's like, how do I fix this problem? And so now we've been at it for a bit. And so we, we started out as what we'd call a B2C business to consumer play. Okay. Um, and it was a really slow go-to market strategy. And then through some learning and networking and listening to other wisdom, we found out, wow, we can take this over to payroll uh, get it in front of thousands of businesses, millions of employees at a time, and then solve the problem of giving from a, or uh, receiving funds from a nonprofit because it really helps them right. solve a problem from the employee perspective. Cause they want to give like my brother, like millennials want to give money. We yeah. all love causes. So I think that's kind of the nexus and that's what we do is we solve the problem. So exactly. That's the thing that kind of blew my mind, right? So when I do want to give to a charity or what have you, a lot of the times I've got to go to my employer, right? I've got a day job and I go there and if they're not listed as a matching charity, I've got to go on, I've got to call the place, find out what their, you know, what their, um, their tax ID is. And then, you know, it probably takes two weeks to set up. And by the time it's all done, I'm running around trying to work. Yep. It's like, ah, oh, man, I don't even have time to deal with this. I'll just write, cut them a check or. So forget. there's a bigger problem though, even before that. Beyond that. Companies, a lot of times they're the ones, the, the, you know, executives and PR firms are making the decision about who we're going to give money to this year. Well, we want to empower the employee to choose with their own dollars That's who they want to support. Mm -hmm. It's, it's giving today is not about, okay, we're just going to, you know, stroke a check to this nonprofit because our executives think it's who we need to give to. This is all about giving the power to the employees to support the causes that are important to them. Right. Because at the end of the day, that's what's going to be more engaging. That's what's going to drive your employee engagement. And we can do it now with one donation as a component of your corporate social responsibility. Right. Right. So my mind goes in a million different directions from, gosh, if you even, right, you had this idea that actually seems pretty intuitive. I mean, so one of the first things I think is like, has anybody thought about this before? I mean, when, when you <laughs> actually thought about it and Hey, did we do this? Did you find that there was a lot of competition or actually is there, as far as competing companies out there that are trying to do the same thing, are there a lot out there or did you guys actually kind of come up with something? I have a, a kind of a story. I was at a tech breakfast in uh, Washington, DC, and we were exchanging ideas and they had a panel of uh, venture capitalists and a younger one, an analyst. She, I gave my idea and she said, well, my younger brother thought of that. 
And I was like, well, okay. I just remember taking my seat. And what we have found is it's kind of like the flying car. Like we've all thought of it, but as putting the pieces together to make it happen is not that easy. And so I will say from where where we've gone to and like how it's gotten here, there's a lot of moving pieces. And so uh, kind of like the e-myth, we, you know, some good books t- to read. Like it's, uh, there's so many steps that if you get 90% of the 20 steps that we've taken one at a time, you're right. going to have nowhere the near thing. So there's a lot of competition, but we do things very, very differently. So um, I'm going to pick on something real quick. You said e-myth, mm-hmm. which a lot of entrepreneurs and, and people are familiar with, but explain how that, what that is or Right. I mean, the entrepreneur myth, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the e-myth here, the entrepreneur myth. I remember uh, I was talking with Ross a little prior to this. I remember in my, in my, my baby book, it said like, what do you want to do when you're little? Like, do you keep for your kids? And I said, I want to be the boss. That's what I wanted to be at like two years old. Okay. Uh, And the e-myth is really that you're not really the boss, right? Like not not even close. And also the e-myth is that it's not so easy. You've got your accounting, you've got all these different things. And if you're going to drive your business, you either got to work in your business or on your business. And we could talk for hours about it. Right? Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. No, that's exactly right. I mean, um, a lot of people have thought about ideas, right? I mean, I'd like to think when I was in college, I thought about the little thing that blinks before you hit the turn signal and go into the lane right now, every car has them. Right heck, I, I thought of it, but did I actually put it together? Did I actually come down and, and, and put it to script and actually try to make anything happen? Absolutely not. Right. So right. the funny thing is, is with entrepreneurship, a lot of people have thought about things, right? So, you know, along those lines of e-myths and, and what have you, you, you're sitting there, it's a very poetic story where you're, you're ready to give out money to the charity of your choice <laughs> or the, the, the church at hand. And, um, once you actually came to try to put this together, I mean, that's a pretty wild thing. So, you know, were you corporate already, you know, where, what seat were you sitting in when you wanted to give the money and and when this idea, the genesis of the idea, right? Where where were you in life? It was really just, you know, Graham mentioned I was at a charity event and it kind of just happened and started having a conversation, honestly, with uh, my brother-in-law and we just started talking about it. And I've, I guess I would consider myself a serial entrepreneur. I've started my first business when I uh, graduated college um, and I've had a couple different businesses along the way. So, so what was that? You can't just gloss over (laughs) stuff like, believe it or not, people aren't serial entrepreneurs. Uh, There's not a lot of them. I just, I I always wanted to to work for myself. And one story to kind of back it even further than that is I was in college and um, one of my graduate assistants was going around the room and asking everyone what they wanted to do when they graduated college. And my answer was, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And she looked at me and she laughed. (laughs) And it was one of those moments that will stick with me forever. But it was at that moment that I was like, you know what? I'm going to show her. I'm going to prove her wrong. That's right. And I think that that's part of being an entrepreneur. You have to, it, it does take a special type of person to have the courage and whatever to go out and do it, but you have to believe in yourself and you have to take those moments in and just, just go for it. And so I graduated college. And so, so what was the, what was the idea? What was your first business? If, if you don't mind. I mean, yeah, no, I, so I graduated and, and as I was graduating, my brother Graham and I, we'd done some work. We'd actually bought a house here in Knoxville, Tennessee, um, bought it for $1 
Um, oh, really? Yes. So was this like 2012, 2008 financial it, it crisis was, type it thing? It was or? pre that. So it was about, I, I, 2004, oh, wow. 2005. Okay. Yeah. Um, so bought a house, did that for a dollar. Come and then, on, now hold on. So now I, that had to be something with you, right? Yes. I, so ladies, and, so Graham has a, so Graham is like a sneaky entrepreneur. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, he, you know, he gives a good presentation and he, he looked really good at venture 135, by the way, he, he really did. But then I get on LinkedIn and, and please, by the way, you guys, everybody look up, uh, Graham and Ross Trickle, um, one donation on LinkedIn. It's, it's pretty cool just to kind of see their story there. Just in talking with these guys, I know they'd reach back out and, and shoot you a message or, or talk with you a little bit there, but, but I mean, you've also had your, your ventures there. So I, I don't want to get too lost in the story of one donation because it's a beautiful, beautiful story. You did buy a house for $1. Oh, absolutely. And you, you had some type of real estate uh, entrepreneurship there. So if you don't mind, just real quick, I mean, was the $1 thing kind of from, from what you've learned and, and passed or how did that come about you? Well, so like, uncle give it to you for a dollar or no, oh, uh, no. long story short, there's, you know, the late night infomercial guys on TV. Right. We've all seen them. Right. So I bought a course in college and I started doing this pretty regularly, did quite a few homes. And then Ross was in school. Does it work? Oh, it absolutely. Works? It works. Get yeah. the heck out of here. Oh yeah. For real. Really? Yeah. Did okay. quite a few. Yes. <laughs> All right. So my brother was Congrats. in college and I was like, well, thanks. I was like, Hey, you got to do this. And he's put up the signs. And I was like, you know, way it worked is you put up your signs Friday night after the sign police went home and then you'd take them down Sunday. So you had the weekend had and the you put up a hundred signs and uh, he did it for uh, several weeks, maybe a couple months. Not a lot of, not a lot of action. He was about ready to stop. And we finally get the deal where they need to move. Uh, it involves complicated real estate stuff, but we bought the home for a dollar and then we ended up selling it and making money. And I'll let him tell you what he did. When yeah. We made the money. Okay. Okay. So, so really cool. Right. But, and to be continued. There you go. But then from that, I saw Graham was, was one of those, he wasn't on late night infomercials, but he was teaching about how to invest. Right. And so that kind of got me interested in internet marketing. And so I started a, a business. I would interview uh, real estate investment professionals that were selling courses on how to invest. And I would have, you know, a couple hundred people that would listen to a teleseminar or a webinar. And at the end of the call, we would go and, you know, provide an affiliate link to go buy their product. Okay. And there would be a, a 50, 50 split based on the sale. Um, so that if was they my hit first the link. Bit, like right out and of, they hit the link. Oh yeah. yeah they, they hit they the link. Yeah. Yeah. So they would go and, and buy and it was <laughs> like that little, t- yeah. it was a great business Absolutely. for many years. And then we actually, <laughs> another funny story about kind of getting us to where we are. I came up with an idea to start a, a, essentially a a website that would autofill all of your real estate investment forms. So um, there's dozens of different ways that you can buy a house. There's dozens of different ways that you can sell a house. Um, I partnered with someone and, and worked with Graham to create a way that you could just, you would go and you'd fill out a form and then just, you know, basic questionnaire. And then all of the forms you needed would auto-populate with your information and it would spit out the contracts. That was during the real estate crash. Of now you created that? Yes. yes. Wow. Okay. Um, Sorry. Are you a computer guy? Or no. Well, no. I, was it easy to I'm do? Not just bunch of PDFs I'm the idea guy. He's okay. The, yeah. Okay. Maybe that's what it is. I, I did not build the tech behind it. Um, but we had someone, hired someone to do that. Uh, went really well right off the bat. We only opened up uh, our membership for 48 hours had tons of members, but again, Come this was on. right in 2008. It was a monthly membership. Uh-huh. The real estate market crashed. 
the credit market was going down the same tube and the credit, the credit card processing company came to me and said, we don't like the way that you're processing credit cards. I said, I'm processing it the way that you're letting you me do it. Set, you're right. setting the parameters. I'm just doing it in a way that's different than what you're used to. Right. And they pretty much said, we don't care. We're shutting you down. You don't have access to any of the information anymore. And they closed our account. And that was the end of the business. That, that, that was, was the end. end of the business. And it, 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 it and, and you were involved with it too. Yeah. And to put up, he got to paint the picture a little, like it, we sold quite a few. It was really good. So you think of a month. So what's member, quite a few? Over a hundred. Dang. More, more than a thousand. Were we over a thousand? I we think we're close to a thousand. Close yeah. to playing monthly memberships of 40 bucks, right? Cool. Um, but you know, we're splitting it and it's a useful tool for investors. So for us, I mean, for the people that got it, I mean, if you fill in, it's like in a lot of things, 10 fields, but there's 20 forms, but it's the same 10 questions, right? Right. right. So that's all we did. Uh, and it, it was a lesson learned for us as well. So it was a failed business. We, we burned bridges because we had affiliates that pumped like they were counting on this reoccurring revenue stream. Right. Uh, and it was not good to have happen, but we realized real then kind of like redundant systems uh, that you needed to have ways to back up your merchant, have your contact. Cause when they wiped us out, we had no rep, there was no way for us to recover. Okay. Uh, so that okay. Yeah. Okay. Good learning lesson. And yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to completely digress off That's of one okay. donation. One donation. I'll say it many times uh, just to make up for that. But no, I, I think a lot of people, right. I mean, they see the one donation, they see the pretty presentations you go online. It's a really cool, it's a really cool website. And, but you don't know the stories behind that what actually led up to that. So anyway, you had this failed business. Okay. And you said you started a couple others. We don't need to go down the rabbit hole. Cause I do want to get on, on, on this baby here. So, cause this one really does. I mean, again, you guys were like the pretty girl at the dance. It was kind of like, Oh my gosh, we've seen you grow so much. I mean, those are the, some of the things that I heard when Graham That's was good. walking down the hall, it was kind of like, Oh man. So I'm not the only one that thought he was pretty cool. Right. So, so anyway, to get on, on one donation and, and, and all of that. So you've had a couple businesses, you've, you like the idea of entrepreneurship, right? right? And, and um, I mean, that's the idea behind the podcast is to really kind of uh, nurture that love. So the genesis of one donation, you were, you were sitting there, but then once you came to it and you started to say, okay, what are some of the barriers to entry? What are some of the logistics? I mean, is there something that really stands out to you even still to this day that may still be a problem or maybe a problem that you guys solved? Is there, you know, as you were trying to get into this and really kind of have this thing born. You can do one. I'll do one if you want. I mean, I, go there's several. It. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Yeah. So one of our biggest barriers to entry has been uh sock or data compliance. Like just, it's a big process to go through. Like, so creating processes for how the money is exchanged, uh, how uh, we make updates to our software, how we hire employees from drug testing to screening uh, because the companies that we're working with, we have personally identifiable information. So the way that we can compartmentalize that and keep it out of uh, the wrong hands, it's a very, very important for us. So Security. I think for other companies like us, this is one of the things that we have that they don't is we take data integrity. It's very, very, very important for us. So that's the, that's also what's really interesting is this is a, um, I don't know, I, I kind of see it as like a noble cause, right? But I mean, you're actually a fintech company Oh, at the, at the end of the day. I mean, you're collecting data. You've got a lot of important information. Um, so, I mean, so that's one huge barrier to entry is that, you know, you're not just trying to 
raise money for nonprofits, you're actually trying to do it in a very compliant, safe and secure way. Super compliant, right? right? There's a lot going on. I yeah. mean, it's insane. You're dealing with bank accounts and, and all types of stuff, routing numbers or debit cards. I don't know. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's a huge barrier to entry. I want to touch on that here in just mm-hmm. a sec. And then you've got one, it sounds like it looks like. And I would say that from a technology standpoint, we we've gone through several iterations along the way. It's gotta be, but amazing. we landed on uh, another I wouldn't call them a startup now, but they're a, a blockchain database company. Okay. And we knew because we're dealing with financial transactions, we need to have that so we can be audited and everything is completely transparent. So having that blockchain element was extremely important um, just for having the immutable ledger and and not being able to have any issues with it. So we went with them and and it's been a great decision. And that's one thing in the market that definitely sets us apart is we're completely transparent. We tell you every step of the way where your money is when it's delivered to the nonprofit because you need to trust us. And the only way to do that that we saw in the market was to use a technology like blockchain so you can be audited back to the very beginning of time. Right. Um, so the technology was also a, a hurdle that we dealt with, but I think we definitely chose correctly in the path that we, we went down. And, and timing is just critical, I think. So Ross talks about blockchain and we, you know, digital contracts. Clearly there's a lot more use cases for it in our case, uh, other than just nonprofit donations, really the use cases are endless, but blockchain is really a technology that's come around recently. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's kind of like a, a cool word to say these days, right? It, it is a cool word and there's not a lot of use cases, right? Like right. a lot of, that's a lot of people sell it to be like, it looks fancy, we have a great use case. And then APIs, which I'm sure in your discussions with other entrepreneurs, like that's another thing where when we first started this, making uh, inroads into companies one at a time, we're talking about a very high barrier to entry as far as dollars. Right. But now we're talking APIs. So now it's an API hookup and it can spin out to thousands of businesses at a time. So even efficiencies have grown tremendously since we initially spun up this idea. So how did you meet this blockchain company? I know you're not doing it yourself, right? Networking, just uh local, like we believe in the community, right? So, sure. uh, so we're, we're plugged into the North Carolina ecosystem pretty well. Okay. Uh, and I was in Winston-Salem at the time, uh, Brian Platts, who runs Flurry was out of uh, Winston and it's a blockchain group. And ironically enough, he had quite a bit of experience in the HR tech space as well. And so when we started to develop the product, it just, it made, it made natural sense to go with him because he knew exactly what we were trying to do. Okay. Okay. So, so, uh, you know, are you guys going to be accepting cryptos anytime soon then? Or is that in the, is that in the deck? Uh, I would say it's with, he, yeah, for me. Yes. I mean, we, we Walmart's as, considering it these days. So. As the entrepreneur, you have to continue to push the envelope, right? right. So yeah. you have like crypto.com that just, uh, bought an arena, right? It's no longer, uh, what's Staples Center. it's no longer the Staples center. Yes, that's exactly so, right. Uh-oh. Um, that's the door. So we were, we were warned about this. So, uh, um, does somebody want to go ahead and take this? We're going to go ahead and, and we're going to let you continue on okay. with that thought. All right. We're going to see what entrepreneurs get sent to their house. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, they've, they've invited me into their home. <laughs> we're in Knoxville, Tennessee, um, on, I know you can't see it in the cameras, but it's, it's a beautiful setting here. Um, is this a lake or a river? It's the Knox river. It's the Knox river. So we're sitting here on the Knox river. It's absolutely beautiful. And they're getting a, a little bit of a delivery. So we'll, Absolutely. we have to do that, but go right ahead. I'm, if, um, so you were, you were networking and, and so that's how we found Brian and, and got into the, 
the blockchain. And I think that we will be in crypto uh, only because again, it pushes the envelope. And for us in the employee benefit space, you look at millennials and younger generations, they may want to start investing in crypto. Uh, a lot of them are, are, are not buying dollars. They're not no. saving it in the traditional sense that when, when we were 19 or 20. Oh, right? absolutely. They're, they're throwing it into, into crypto. Have you shopped with it yet? No, I haven't. I do own a Bitcoin though. Good. Well, I've, I do. Well, good I, stuff. I, I've shopped with it. It's easier than you think. It really, I'll show you offline because there's okay. certain companies and, and you probably don't want to have all the names that I'm going to mention, but like there are companies that are accepting it that, that are in your neighborhood on your neighborhood block. You'd be surprised. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, again, it was big news today. Walmart said that they're looking for it. So anyway, I don't want to digress too much. So it's going to be called block donation soon or no. <laughs> uh, um, so, so one donation, just kind of getting back to it. And, and so it, it doesn't sound like though. So as I'm sitting here talking about barriers to entry and some of the things that you guys did have to try to overcome, it doesn't sound like competition. Am I wrong in that? Or is there a lot of competition out there in this arena or there's com competition? Yeah. There's like, yeah, there's some notable competition. Okay. Um, so uh, we have, you know, gift United way is kind of like the older kind of way of doing things sure. uh, and they bring a lot of value to the table. Uh, there's Benevity is another big one of our competitors. Uh, more of a enterprise solution does a lot of things differently than us. Uh, and uh, for us, our competitive advantage with them is just the speed of the transaction Absolutely. and the transparency. And it's it's just part of our business model. So when you get back to the e-myth, it's not something that either one can take and make a, a pivot on and be and roll it out next week. It just wouldn't work that way. Right. Right. And there's always going to be competition in business, no matter what. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, that's going to be a, a natural barrier. And that's but, why we say they, they do a good job in what they do. Right. Okay. Right. Sure. So. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to give them any more publicity. No. Yeah, no. If anything, I hope they provide an exit strategy for you guys at one day or, or something along those lines. So, so anyway, we're, we're, we're going to die. Oh, I'm, I'm digressing a little bit because there's really a lot of avenues between you guys. There's a lot of experience on this other side of the table in different areas. Um, so you, you come up with this idea, you start to hire out um, other resources to help really bring this on in a really like magnificent way. I, I would say it sounds like the blockchain advent into that really kind of expanded your abilities to, for outreach. And yeah, is that what it did for you? Ross? No, it, it definitely did. And I'd say, you know, a lot of this is timing and, and, you know, we built and to go back, we, we built the technology first, not using blockchain. So we've gone through iterations and, and improved along sure. the way. And again, when it came to the timing was just right, we had a decision to make. We were interviewing different companies to build out what we were, our platform. And it just was the right timing and it was a great fit at the time. So Phenomenal. it was like, let's, let's just jump on it. And I'd say everything in our journey has been, timing has dictated so much and, and, you know, COVID being one of the things like COVID set us back. Um, it did, right. but it also provided great opportunity for us. So uh, how we, so? we raised a little bit of money pre COVID, like talking three or four months before COVID really set in. Right. And it hit and it was like, Oh gosh, like we can't do it. Like, what are we going to do? How do you can't it do took away everything or... that we were planning to do. But what happened out of that is, is we had budgeted and with the money that we had raised, we budgeted to attend conferences. Those conferences canceled, but they went virtual. And through virtual okay. conferences, we ended up actually meeting the someone who's now our fractional CMO. Okay, um, he introduced us to the person uh, that is now our CRO and head of customer success, who started out as an advisor. Um, then we hired him, 
And then after that, he also became an investor. Um, so cool. all of these things, you know, timing, I like to look at it and it's, you don't ever take things like that and, and look at it negatively. There's always a positive that comes out of it. Right. And you just have to have that lens when you're looking at it. So COVID has been done a number on a lot of businesses. And for us, there's been some bad, but there's also been tremendous amount of good that's come from it. Awesome. And Ross, I'll comment again, just keeping in line with the podcast, because I'll say this and, and uh, you know, mom and dad were at, at, at a family home here and uh, we don't quit. Right. So like part of COVID in, in that mentality is like, we don't know how to quit. There you there, go. There ain't no quit in this. No, sir. There yeah. you go. That's and, and, and a lot of the times that's what it takes. Right. So. Um, just to kind of speed things up a little bit, you guys go ahead, you have this product. So where are you now? Are you, are you attached to some companies now? Are you involved in HR or anything exciting happening right now in that realm, giving you guys more exposure? I mean, so we're also let you take this and I'll follow up. I would say the, the most exciting recent announcement that we had is it's a little bit of a different product, but, um, HR.com. Um, obviously a, a great source for HR professionals. They have, uh, I believe it's 1.9 million subscribers of oh, HR wow. professionals. And, uh, we recently partnered with them. So when you go now, uh, and not now in the next couple of weeks, when you go now and you sign up for a membership, they are going to give you the ability to donate a percentage of your membership That's huge. to nonprofits. And we're talking to the crowd of HR professionals, the exact people that we want to reach. So you're talking, when you say one point, you said 1.9 1. 1. million. million. Mm-hmm. Are these 1.9 million companies? This 1.9 HR, HR professionals. Yes. Professional. Is plugged into? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So that Dang. Was, yeah. It was a big deal for us. Who landed that? How did that happen? You know what? Um, just timing rela- again, timing and relationships, Mark. So what we did is, you know, entrepreneurs, we hired people that fit with our mission. We have a great mission to make the world a better place. One donation at a time. So if you think about that, attracting talent to that mission is for us kind of easy. Um, okay. So, uh, so with, with Mark Moschetta, who is our fractional CMO, him and I started talking about a coffee house, uh, that, uh, helped kids that had disabilities. And I was like, yeah, that's my favorite cup of coffee. And we just talked through, and then he introduced us to Howard who Ross just mentioned, well, they both had a relationship with the CEO of hr.com. And so these were industry insiders. So now for our momentum, what's happening is, is we just hired another guy, head of sales, uh, that's ton of industry experience. So our pipeline is uh, really filling up because of the it's right gotta people. Be. Yes. It's gotta be. It's pretty cool. So, I mean, I would, I would imagine some of that has to come from the, just the don't quit mentality out there. And, and you just kind of keep putting one, right. I mean, if this all started from, you know, you wanting to give to somebody and as the, as it, as the basket came across and now you're talking to 1.9 million, 2 million people in, in one fell swoop. I mean, it's got it. You got to sit back here right now and kind of say, Holy crap. Yeah. We want to make the world a better place. Like that Beautiful. is straight up the truth. And I would ask you and even anyone that's listening. So like part of this new tool that we build is really cool. So I go to the grocery store, like we all do. And they all say, Hey, do you want to round up? But they ask you to round up to give to a cause that's their call. That's, that's not your calls. That's right. Well, with this new product that we built that has nothing to do, but the same back end, right. It's an exciting thing about technology. Well, now soon you're going to go to your grocery store and round up and have it go to your nonprofit. Your grocery store is going to still be able to put their total dollars donated up here. But you now are going to look like me. I'll round up every time now, buddy. 
right? Yeah. Whereas before I didn't, but now I will. So then I don't want to get in the weeds too much, right? But then how does that happen? Is it attached to your debit card? Is it, how well, does Harris Teeter or, you know, XYZ well, Kroger, whoever. Payroll is our big, where we're taking the nonprofit donations. But if you think of that kind of like the, the front end of where the, well, excuse me, the no, front end fine. of where it comes in. Yeah. The back end is the exact same. So we're taking our back end engine and we're saying, we'll change the front end a little bit. We'll put it on the shopping cart. So when you pay with your debit card and they ask you to round up to $5 to give $5 to your favorite charity, it's coming off of your debit card, your Visa, your Amex, your American Express, whatever. Okay. We're just handling that because we know because your Vic customer, whatever your phone number is, right? Yeah. We know it's you. So we're now sending $5 to... YMCA, Boys and Girls Club, the SPCA, whatever one your favorite was. Wow. Okay. So that's even more, that's more helpful, more impactful to the world if that's your mission, right? Than than just the payroll selection, right? That can be yeah. every time I spend. Right. So payroll is a wanna... go-to market strategy, right? Right. 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 That's a go-to market. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, uh, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm sitting here wondering, right? I mean, that sounds... Very exciting if I was the entrepreneur. And I mean, my gosh, just to think of what that could lead to. I mean, would you say right now that's probably one of the more exciting things that have happened here recently? Or I mean, with the HR.com? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. okay. But really more so on the getting in front of so many professionals because right. I mean, we built the product that's the chopping cart for them, so exclusively for them. It happens to do some other cool things. It's, it's a part of our business model now. But our core venture is to it's payroll. Still payroll. Oh, absolutely. Still payroll, absolutely. And from an entrepreneur perspective, and Ross, you can comment because this is where he keeps me honest as brothers. Uh, we have to focus, right? So we have limited resources. And so we've been planning this stuff, but we still a lot of great things, but we can only do a couple of them. Okay. Right. Okay. So when you start to think of it, right? I mean, we talked a little bit. We like to do kind of past, present, future. Where are you guys going? I can already kind of see this is not only the present, but it also does look like a platform for the future. Is that fair of, of what, Absolutely. And what your mind's eye is telling you where to go? And I would say yeah, as an entrepreneur, you always have to be looking forward. And I mean, you know, we've Graham mentioned some of the competition, but that's not to say that, you know, we couldn't enter the market and, and just go and have all this success and then someone just come and follow. And who knows if they're, you got to be thinking ahead. You have right. to always be, evolving, iterating. And so we've got a lot of plans on where we intend to go and where we want to go. It's, you know, it's, you know, we have a one-year plan, five-year plan, like we've got to be looking forward in order to do that. And, you know, part of the success that we've had to, again, to just kind of piggyback off of what Graham said is sure we've brought in a lot of smart people. And that's something as an entrepreneur that I definitely believe in. I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I want to be surrounded by people that in their discipline are way smarter than me. And that's what really the, what we started to do with our team is just bring in really smart people with very specific industry knowledge that are well connected and can do, go out there and and do way more than I ever could. They can probably outperform me in a day than what I could do in a year. Right. And right. they believe in the mission and that's why they get it. At the end of the day, that's yeah. that's absolutely that's also why I brought you guys on to the show is, is there, there does seem to be a passion that's underlying the message that, that it, it really is trying to change the world one donation at a time. Well, I, I, yeah, to go off that, I mean, that was the original idea. I wanted to support a nonprofit 
And I'd say at the core, that's always been what we've been about is how can we facilitate more people giving to nonprofits? And that's really our, our North star. And that's what guides us. And if we can make it again, going back to what I mentioned earlier, we want nonprofits to be able to focus on their mission, not on fundraising. Right. Right. Super, super cool. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Okay. So now listen, I, I, I can see it's getting darker outside and um, things are, things are actually getting ready to change. So now I, I told you guys I was only going to be here for 45 minutes. They have let me into their home. We could talk about this all day, but I, I, are, are you guys ready to change it up just a little bit? I mean, yeah. So absolutely. here's the deal. Here's the deal. You guys That's are the fun part. Yeah. Well, and you guys are startup, right? I mean, so before I get into the fishbowl and that's really what I want to do here, just because I promised them time, but this is really also a very cool, um, you know, again, I, we sit down with a lot of companies and, and, you know, I've sat down with a lot of entrepreneurs over the years and, um, you're at a really neat spot. Um, so you're, you're, you're still trying to pick up funding, right? Those types of things. So where are you right now? And that, if I, I mean, obviously if I could stroke a check for $10 million and give it to you guys, but how does a, how does a, how does a shop like yours, right? In COVID days, just, you know, that's money is probably one of the biggest barriers to entry for a lot of people anyway, is just, you know, it gets expensive, right? Coming Can up I, with that stuff. I need to comment first and then I would love you to Ross, because yeah. I think you said we were, uh, we stole the show at Venture 135. I so. There was a team that went behind that, right? So okay. where are we at right now? So we had a team that helped put that together. So that deck that you saw, yeah. presentation, we hired a firm because we are in that the raising capital kind of, uh, or we it, not open to the public uh, role, like being right. SEC compliant. So we're we're we are in that, and so we had a group prepare it for us. And uh, so it was professionally done. We prepared the script. It was put together by Ross and uh, Mark, who was our fractional uh, CFO. Right. And, uh, and ironically, you know, one of the, the team that helped us put together that deck actually spoke about successful exits at that conference. Oh, no kidding. Yes. So, so that's cool. You're kind of into that, right? I mean, we don't want to talk about exits already, but I mean, it's, it's kind of cool that you're with a group that already has kind of walked down that path and, and, and knows what they're talking about. Well, it, if you were going to stroke a check, wouldn't you want to know I had smart people like that working for me? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Well, and you yeah. know what it showed though, right? right? I mean, um, so this, this conference was to highlight just different companies, fintech, insurance tech, um, mm-hmm. health tech, uh, all types of stuff. They definitely looked like they knew what they were doing. And, and again, it, it caught our attention. Um, so listen, everybody, one donation out there, um, whether you want to shoot them an e- email, figure out how to start your own business or talk a little bit more about how you can be a part of one donation, please look them up on, on, on LinkedIn. And, uh, and again, we, we are buttoned up on time. So I'm going to have to get you guys right. So you can see how these entrepreneurs, right. They, they know their baby, they know where they're going. They know what they, you know, they, you, I can't ask them a question without getting a pretty cool answer. All of a sudden we get a cool little story. So what we're going to do is we're going to try to throw you off track a little bit here. All we're right. going to give you maybe two or three questions each, and then I'll let you go into your evening, watch some football, smoke a stogie out there, whatever you want to do. But um, all right. are you guys ready for this? Absolutely. All right. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, we are time for the fishbowl. It is kind of my favorite part of the uh, part of the evening. It can be kind. It, it, it can give you a layup. It also can cause some dead space. So we're going to see, you know, you talked about um, not wanting to be the smartest person in the room. Uh-oh, Ross. We're, we're going to see what, what's coming up here. So I'm getting the fat one here. 
And normally what I'll do is sometimes kind of go through and make sure it's a good question. And we haven't repeat, haven't repeated, but um, okay. Okay. So Ross, I'm going to give this one to you since you've only lived in entrepreneur land really since college, which, um, you know, again, I kind of wanted to bring this podcast because I wish if somebody told me like, Hey, you can be an entrepreneur. Maybe I would have tried that route. I don't know. But um, so anyway, so for all those boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen out there, right? We're, we're talking to a serial entrepreneur. They've, he's, he's been successful. He's had some businesses fail. If you could be any profession out there outside of an entrepreneur, what would that be? That's actually an easy one. I'm, I'm good with that. Okay. I have always had a thing for architecture. I love houses. I love designing houses. The house that we're in right now, I helped make decisions on it. My wife and I bought a house that was built in 1951 and I don't think anything had been done to it since then. Right. It was the the runt of the neighborhood and we took it and and now it's, it's a home for us. So awesome. I love taking a building and just creating. Awesome. I can't wait till you guys have your first huge, like one donation building. You're going to have a lot of fun with that. Oh, absolutely. Designing walls and putting stuff up. And that's, that's really cool. How about you, Graham? Um, I'll go the other way. Cause you've been, you, I mean, right. You've been entrepreneur land for quite some time. So I'm older, so I'm, I'm ready to slow down. (laughs) All right. What's your profession? So I think I'd like to, uh, surf. There you go. Uh, professional surfer. Be fun. I love it. I and, love uh, the answer. And maybe maintain some radio towers. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah, you know, you I know a few people that can help you with that actually, but right. uh, so a professional surfer and an architect. There All right. we go. So now, I mean, have you had any experience surfing or is a, it just a little bit? It's just, I love the water. I'm a water guy. So okay. I can spend all day in the water, body surfing, surfing, boogie boarding, boogie boarding's from the kids days, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, I'm a, I'm a mean boogie boarder out there. Hey, I'll I'm, get right. I'm almost 50 and I'll be a mean boogie boarder this summer. That's yes, right. sir. There we go. There we go. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. So we've got an architect and a, and a professional surfer here. I'm going to dig in for, for another one. And um, I'm sorry, those answers were were so good. I didn't even get to, to, to proofread this one here. So we're going to see how this one goes. Um, all right, I'll start this one with Graham here. So listen, right. We're, we're talking about an organization that wants to help people, wants to change the world. Uh, so again, this one seems kind of, um, apropos. Um, so what is the wackiest thing that you've ever done to actually help a friend or family member? Is there, is there anything that you kind of, kind of sticks out there? You know, I don't know, even driving to Atlanta, change a tire. I don't know. But is there a, is there something out there where you've, you've helped a friend or family member that kind of stands out as man, that was kind of wacky. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, that'll go back to my college days. There we go. There we go. All and, right. And then you just, just add Greek in front of that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so well, then you were a good brother. Absolutely. So we right? had, we got dropped off in the middle of, of nowhere and uh, we all had to work together. And, and where did you go to school? Uh, Chapel Hill. Oh, I'm yes, sorry. Sir. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we got dropped it's a Duke off. Duke blue devil I'll, joke. I'll sorry. leave what we did to help each other out, but we all helped each other out quite a bit. Okay. <laughs> so okay. Go. Good old crazy frat story. Yeah. Completely legal. I will say that, Good. but you know, involved like it. Well, I would say we had one set of clothes for quite a few of us <laughs> and, 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 and we had to get back home. And, and uh, so I would take it. That's pledge years. That is pledge years. Yes, Wait, sir. What did you pledge? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I was Pi Capify. All right. Yes, all right. All right. Very well known out there. Did you pledge by any chance? Just out of curiosity? I did not. I actually okay. played lacrosse uh, my first year at the university of Tennessee. Did you really? And that kind of just, that was almost its own fraternity. We had Absolutely. our own off-campus house. So uh, yeah, that was my 
kind of upbringing in that world. I had a lot of friends that did it. So by the time I was a sophomore, I stopped playing after I won't play my freshman year. So by the time I stopped playing, I already had all the friends in all the different fraternities. So it worked out fine for me. And dude, you know what? I, so I played college football, um, its own little fraternity, that type of thing. But um, so 25 years ago when I was, you know, out in recruit land, there was a lot more money in football than lacrosse, but man, I loved lacrosse. It's a well, lot of What fun. were you, an attackman? I was a de- defense Defenseman. Yes. All right. Yes. All right. The long stick? Long yes. stick. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Get to just it smack was... people every now and then. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't want to be on the, the receiving end of that. So I was a nutbag goalie. And I was actually, you know, I got recruited by UMass and those types of things, but it was just, there was more money in football for me at the time. But um, I used to love on those fast breaks, the attackman would be looking like this and I would come out of that cage, right? I, I played linebacker and I would just smoke these little kids. It was, it was so fun. It was so fun. <laughs> Someone calls man, another says ball. That's right. <laughs> man ball. Yeah. Yeah. I always like the man. I, I don't know. I always, I, I hit well, that was it. That's all I've done. Well, I might not remember this conversation because of all the, com- all the concussions. It's glad we have it on, on record. There we go. So I remember it, but very cool. I mean, um, did I forget your answer? Did you, did you do anything wacky to help somebody, you know, out there in those across days or thereafter? I was just, the only thing that really comes to mind is just going to bail a friend out of jail during there the middle go. of the night. Uh, and I, it was probably about four in the morning when I bailed them out We've and I was getting, that. I had to get up at six o'clock in the morning to go on a road trip with some friends. So right after you get got much done sleep, holding up his yeah, ankles for the was, cake stands yeah, and, it was, it was you know, and then you had to go it bail them out. Interesting <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately we've done that a few times. Um, so again, I, I know I'm going over a little bit in time, um, with what I told you, but you guys got time for two more. Yeah. I'm Is that good. cool? Two Definitely. more. So we're going to go ahead and dig up. Okay. Okay. So I kind of like this one, this one, um, you know, hopefully there's, there's some good stories here. So we'll go back to Ross here. So listen, you're, you're a serial entrepreneur. You've probably learned a lot of lessons, right? I'm, I'm kind of the guy that, um, I learned my best lesson by failing or doing it wrong. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll learn. But, um, if you could go back in time, right. To that, to that kid, there starting the real estate homes and, you know, just, starting to learn about entrepreneurship. Uh, if you could go back in time and give yourself advice or another kid at university of Tennessee that might be living, listening in his dorm room with another buddy from his business class or what have you, as you talk about entrepreneurship, starting business, you know, networking, whatever it all entails, right? The, the e-myth is out there that is very easy and what have you, but what piece of advice would you give you, would you give yourself if you could, if I could go back in time and, and, and hit that switch for you? So, I'd say find something that you're passionate about. For me, as much as we, I bought a house for a dollar with my brother, I hated putting out signs. Like that was, it was, <laughs> it was a Friday night. Like, right. I was in, in college. college. I wanted to go out and have fun. Um, and that wasn't something really that cool. I was passionate about, right. To be frank about it. But I mean, it did kind of put me down the path, but when you find something you're passionate about, it changes the whole game. And I would say with one donation, I am extremely passionate about it. I want to, you know, I've got three children. I want to show to them like nonprofits and the value that they bring to the world. And I want to do good and I want to help facilitate doing good. And it's something that I'm passionate about. And it, it makes it so much easier when you have that thing that you're just so passionate about. So find your passion and then just don't quit. That's beautiful Ross. All right. So, you know, they, they do say, right. You find something that you're, you're passionate about. There's no such thing as a a day of work. I don't know if Mm -hmm. that's true, right. There's probably some days where you felt like you were working, but at the end of the day, I guess it, it, it's easier 
when you hang up the hat at the end of the day to it's all about the the vision for where you're you're going and where you're taking it it makes those hard days a lot easier, a lot to, easier. to get through that's right so one you got to have passion i know graham i know you've got one for me if you could go back i don't know at what stage right in in your life cuz again you're a little bit of a serial entrepreneur yourself it's really cool to kind of see so what what piece of advice would you give yourself or again a lot of our demographic or college students um what, what would you tell a group of kids or, or yourself, you know, back in time? I think the passion thing is important to pick a different one. I think a strong mentor, like mm. a mentor that's not going to just say they're a mentor to spend time with you. Uh, Cause it took me a long time, I think, to understand from an entrepreneurial perspective, the fundamentals of business mm-hmm. uh, and not, you know, having a sociology and political science degree didn't do much for that. Um, and I think now, uh, I've learned to read a balance sheet and understand just the, the innards of the business. And so that, that's what I'd say. A mentor is going to cut years off of a learning curve. And, I and, think. and listen, ladies and gentlemen, when you say a mentor, sometimes I guess there's been periods in my, my life, right. Where, where I, I can say, I really don't have a mentor. I have some people that have helped me guide me along the way. What I, what I don't think I did was really recognize somebody that gave me good advice mm-hmm. and try to latch onto that person as a mentor. Right. You know, right. So I would, I would take it. Both of you guys are nodding your heads. I would say that there is some type of mentor figure here. I mean, how did you find the mentor? How did you know that that person was somebody that's, that's right. Cause a, a mentor, you're telling them your, your dreams, your desires of where you want things to go. I mean, how do you find that person? Is it just something innate inside or? Well, it took me 40 years to figure that out. All right. so, so I could say <laughs> that's a recent thing for me kind of, um, but so now with their parts of our team, we hire them, right? Like it's right. not only, I mean, is it in a free position? Like we want our mentors from a business perspective to be good, but from a, that's if I was really cool to, yeah. to, to put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say if I was in college, I didn't have money or, or a way to hire, I would just find someone that's uh, got a little gray hair that's been there, done that. And they are usually not usually, I think you can find mentors if you look okay. and be genuine about it. Okay. So everybody's got that uncle buck and he's doing well, just go ahead and take him out to lunch and try to figure out a little bit more about him, I guess, or, you know, yeah, right? uncle you got to search for it. Right? Uncle buck could run a uh, car detailing shop and you could learn how to run an online business right. just because he's going to say, Oh, you've got these are your monthly fixed expenses. These is your income like this. I mean, it's pretty simple stuff now yeah. that I've learned it 40 some years later. Well, no. And it's amazing. I mean, just to kind of simplify it a little bit because you say mentor and, and to me again, uh, maybe cause I don't have one, right. It's kind of like, Oh gosh, who would that be? Or, but I mean, at the end of the day, right. It's, it's just, that person that, you know, so I, the whole point is I thought my dad was always so smart. I, my dad, you're super smart. But some of it is just experience, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's just that I've screwed it up so many times. I actually need a Phillips head screwdriver here instead of, you know, right. and some vice grips, right? Instead of, right? And I would think my dad was so smart because he knew how to do it with right. multiple tools. And it's just, you've done it enough. So find that person with gray hair that looks like, you know, you could sit down and talk with them and, and, and kind of go from there. Are you guys ready to be mentors? There yet? Um, yeah. Because <laughs> it's coming. It's oh, coming, absolutely. Right? I've started to do a little bit of yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it takes awesome. so little now. Yeah. Not like when I, I mean, you can invest heavily in someone, but now absolutely. I'm, I have two companies right now that I'm 
holding their hands a little bit. Very cool. Very cool. It's awesome. So again, one donation, Graham and Ross Treacle. I'm going to give them one more question. Then we're going to let them go on about their day. Uh, they have been so gracious to even have me in their home. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. So, um, okay. Okay. So, uh, who did I start with last time? I don't even remember. You can go with, he's the good looking one. All right. All right. We'll go with the better looking guy then. Um, what fictional character, right? He's got to be fictional, right? So you got, would you most like to be friends with? And you can't say like Jesus or you can't, you know, Santa Claus, I guess you could. Right. Uh, but uh, anyway, I didn't mean to put rules on it. Go ahead. <laughs> no, that, that one might stump me a little bit. Okay. I'll throw it over to Graham while I think. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. A fictional we character. The entrepreneurs. Friends with. Gosh. You know, I tell you what. I'd I, say Maverick from Top Gun. Oh Yeah. There we go. A Top Gun reference. There we go. He is pretty cool, right? He'd probably be a lot of fun. Absolutely. And to be one of those pilots, you're sharp as a tack. You're on the edge. Yeah. You probably learn a lot from him too. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Wow. I was thinking more along the lines of like Batman or like, uh, I don't know, Superman or somebody like that. Top Gun Maverick. There we go. Very cool. So real quick, I do have a shirt. I'm a, I'm a, so I've, I've flown a little bit. I've solo flew and all that. Kids came along, but. I do have a Top Gun shirt. It says, because I was inverted. And I, <laughs> yes. anyway, it's, I, I'm a fan. I'm a Amen. fan. So yeah, man. Um, has one come to your mind, Ross? Well, I'm just thinking back. I, honestly, it gets me thinking about what my kids are watching on TV and what cartoons. Um, yeah. And, you know, one of the, just the classic ones that they're actually watching right now. So Donald Duck, like, I feel like that would be just fun. There you go. There you go. He is one of the, he is one of the more fun, entertaining guys out of it. Like I, um, so again, I don't think there'd be a dull moment. Yeah, no, No, like he can even turn his bill around and right. He gets into it's, uh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Very cool. Uh, well, very cool. You guys. So listen, it's, it's uh, Ross and Graham Treacle, one donation. They really are trying to change things, you know, one donation at a time. And I'll tell you, um, if you want real quick, if you guys want to say one more thing, how they might be able to reach you and we'll let you go on with your day. I don't, you know, what's the easiest way to find you and, and maybe if there's another, anything else Absolutely. you want to Easiest way to reach me is on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on it. Graham Treacle on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn open so you can communicate with me that way and we'll change emails and all that stuff. Awesome. Do you guys hire interns and those types of things at all? Or yes, you're yes, getting there? I, I love interns. Okay. No, we do. And we pay our interns. So oh, wow. yes. Cause we want high quality, good work. I tell you what, I, <laughs> we get I, I from was a UNC. sucker. <laughs> I, I, I had a non-paying internship and like I would drive 45 minutes. Anyway, it was just, huh. They had paying internships, you know, right. but, uh, anyway. Yeah. So you don't well, know what you don't know. Right. Yeah. And no, that's thank where God. a mentor helps like, you, <laughs> you know, thank goodness. Right. That's I right. mean, it was just kind of like, uh, anyway, it, it seemed an interesting twist when I walked into the office, but, and then how would people get a hold of you? And I, same as Graham, I'd say, uh, find me on LinkedIn. Definitely check that on a regular basis. And you can always go to our one, our website, excuse me, at one donation.org. And you can contact us there as well. Awesome. Awesome. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, it's one donation.org. Graham and Ross Treacle, they are the mind power behind it. Again, 
they won't say it, right? Uh, you know, they've got a lot of people behind them, but um, it's a really great story. They were truly one of the shining stars of a, of a really cool venture capital conference. Um, I would reach out to them. One thing you're going to find is guys like this, they, they do want to help you. So reach out to them. Thank you so much for joining us here this evening. And uh, I hope you guys have a great one and wish you the best of luck going forward. It's going to be great. I'm going to come back in about two years, see where you are and where all this thing led. It's going to be fun. I know it. Yeah. Thank you too, Ryan. This was great. Thank you. Thanks a lot, fellas. You guys have a great one. And thank you, USA Boom. And you guys take care. Thanks for listening to USA Booming. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or leave us a rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice. Don't forget to check out the archives for other great conversations. Got questions? Email us at Sam or Ryan at USABooming.com or DM us on Instagram at USA underscore booming. That's it for now. We'll be back soon with another great talk with an entrepreneur you won't want to miss. Hey.